get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Joined by our friend and the Cardinals insider for The Athletic. You can follow her on Twitter, at Katie J. Wu. She is Katie Wu joining us here on the show. Katie, I hope you had a fantastic weekend. How are you doing today? What's up, guys? I'm coming to you live from the uh, World Baseball Classic here in Miami. And by World Baseball, Baseball Classic, I mean a single-stall bathroom <laughs> at the press level of Lone Depot Park because it is the only, I'm not kidding, the only quiet place in the stadium right now. Dominican Republic is facing Nicaragua. I believe it's the third inning. Um, it is an absolutely electric environment, but not exactly conducive for a, uh, a radio hit. Oh, well, you're where I used to eat my lunch in high school. <laughs> oh, makes sense. Whoa, whoa, Katie, come on. I'm I was kidding, expecting sympathy there. The level of commitment that Katie Wu has for these interviews is is continues to amaze me. Now, real honestly. question, Katie, are, are you just standing in the stall or are you like standing on the toilet so nobody can see you in the stall? No, I really lucked out, and it's one of those, like, single-use oh, okay. bathrooms. Oh, okay, even better. Um, so I'm just, just hanging out, but, you know, if anyone wants to use it, sorry, not sorry, I'm going to be a little bit. <laughs> It'll be, be about 10 minutes, she'll be out of there, we promise. All right, Katie. I'm going to get some weird luck, for sure. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the World Baseball Classic, because I wanted to ask you about Adam Wainwright's start from over the weekend. It. If you were looking for encouraging signs, I mean, the, the overall results, I think, were there for you. He didn't give up a ton of runs or anything. It was just the one. It came on the home run. But the velo was still kind of where we thought it was going to be. Average about 86 miles per hour on a sinker, and he didn't throw anything above 87. After seeing that from Wayno over the weekend in the World Baseball Classic, where are you at on him right now? I'm not. I'm still not really pressing any panic buttons, and I understand the velocity is still low, and I know that uh, – Great Britain lineup, well, a huge accomplishment for them to get to the WBC. is probably not the same as what you'll see at the MLB level. But um, I thought that Adam Wainwright put together a very Adam Wainwright start when you look at the stat line and the innings pitched. He was, if anything, efficient. Um, you you want to be careful. I kind of thought that there would be a little more velo ramped up because you saw how important this game meant to Adam. He's talked about it for weeks. Um, there's a clip of him praying on the field with his hands up. I've never seen him do that before. So I thought maybe the meaning of the game would translate into more adrenaline, but maybe Adam is just super composed and was able to get it done there. I'm not super worried about it. Um, again, we'll see it as it goes on. I We've said this before, and I understand that the velocity is still probably a little bit of a concern, but as long as he's getting out, does it really matter? That seems to be the Cardinals' MO for all of their pitchers lately. So we'll see. Going from his performance, Katie, to two that have really been entertaining with Lars Nupar and Tyler O'Neill. Tyler O'Neill had a four for four day for Team Canada, and we all know Lars Nupar is basically the king of his team at the <laughs> World Baseball Classic. What have you taken away from those two and their performances thus far? You guys, we're going to have to remind Lars that we knew him when he was just called up because he's like an international celebrity now, starting trends in Japan. Um, what a cool experience for Lars and what he's been able to do. I mean, just the way that he's embraced the culture and the way that the culture has embraced him, it's been fantastic. Um, I see Tyler O'Neill also go the other way for that basis clearing double yesterday. 
those are kinds of things that Ollie Marmol is going to be evaluating, even though those guys aren't necessarily with the Cardinals right now. He's going to be tuned in watching games, looking at performances, looking at swing paths. You know, Lars certainly has given Ollie a lot to look at in uh, his, his few games at WBC, but really encouraging signs from two guys that figure to be uh, starting outfielders come opening day. Just their positions are still yet to be determined. Katie, does, does Lars and what he's doing, not so much on the field, but off the field, does that replace what they lost last season in Harrison Bader? I think so. I think it's what makes Lars Newfar such a special talent off the field. I mean, we could talk a lot about what he does on the field, but off the field, it's his charisma. He's a guy that can keep the clubhouse loose. He can keep up the energy, and guys, for whatever reason, have a difficult time getting mad at him. I mean, it is <laughs> he lives. He lived with Nolan Arenado in the offseason, um, and Nolan is a very intense individual. So those aren't necessarily personalities that you see meshing all the time, but Lars just has this, like, infectious energy around him. He's great with the fans. He's loved in the clubhouse. And, of course, it's much easier to do accomplish both of those things when you're performing at the caliber that he is. So nice to see a little bit of the personality come out for Lars. And uh, we'll just have to get him, guys. We're going to have to remind him when he comes back to the U.S. So just because he's an international star doesn't mean he, he can't have time for his St. Louis pals. On the position player side, the only other thing that I really had to ask you about would be Jordan Walker, who continues to just be awesome outside of uh, sliding into second, uh, hands first, head first. Everything else is going well for him. At at this point, is he on track, do you think, to, to be on the opening day roster? And if so, how do you think that ends up shaking things out in the outfield, Katie? Yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about Jordan feet first, Walker (laughs) going forward. Um, You know, not again, not a too too big of a concern for him with the right shoulder thing. Sounds like it was jammed again. I'm not in St. Louis. I'm going off of texts and calls. But the overall concern does not seem to be super high. Um, But are you guys ready for my hot take? You know, I don't give them very often. And actually, this is probably not a hot take. This is probably the correct take. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, if we break camp today. Jordan Walker is the starting left fielder. Hot damn, and hot take from the bathroom. Hot take from the bathroom, trademark it. Um, <laughs> I think when, let me, let me, I would like to make this clear. I don't think the starting outfield competition is Jordan Walker or Dylan Carlson. I think there is a way for Carlson, Newbar, O'Neill, and Walker to play every single day. And I think there's also a way to incorporate Nolan Gorman, who's having a great spring, into that as well. We know that Ollie Marmol likes the fluid lineups. You know the Cardinals have a very versatile lineup. That's one of their strengths. I, I don't like the phrasing, and I'm not saying you guys are doing this, of course, but I don't like the phrasing that I see if it's Dylan or it's Jordan. It can be both. Both are having really solid springs. Um, but when Jonathan Lizella comes out and says, you know, Jordan Walker is going to have a legitimate chance to make the opening day roster, and Jordan Walker does everything that he needs to do to prove that he can make it, I think it makes the decision easy for the Cardinals in terms of, yes, he should make it. The, the thing that is going to be difficult for them is how is he going to play every day? Well, and that was because I was one of those individuals, Katie, that you're upset with that said Walker or <laughs> <I know>. Carlson, <laughs> because the only reason I, I went that direction with it, Katie, is if Jordan Walker's up here, I, I just don't see a scenario where he's he's not in the outfield five out of the seven days in the week that they're playing but, I mean, do you feel like that they'd be comfortable if he wasn't doing that? Or do you view it as he's going to be in the outfield a majority of the time? That's a good question. And it's a fair question because that's probably something that is going, that, that's probably their biggest conversation is how is Jordan Walker going to play in the outfield and what's the amount they want to see him there? He's an absurd athlete. I mean, they, the joke is that he's a six tool player, right? They had to create an extra tool <laughs> to, uh, to capitalize just how good Jordan Walker is. And Dylan Carlson is a very athletic, versatile outfielder as well. So 
there's a lot of things that can be, that they can do here. I mean, Tyler O'Neill, with his injury history, he could DH a little bit more. Of course, he's, a, again, a super athletic outfielder, so you don't want him to do it too much. Lars Newbar can DH as well. It's a good problem to have when all four of your outfielders, assuming Jordan Walker makes this team, are both good and are both athletic. So there's a way to incorporate the Jordan Walker playing four to five times a week in the outfield and still making sure Carlson, O'Neill, and Newbar get their reps as well. I'm not quite sure what that's going to look like from a Cardinals perspective. I do know the organization feels like it's feasible. It's just a matter of how these next two weeks play out. They're going to be so imperative in terms of competition and finalizing the final spots for the opening day roster. But it is a good problem to have. And I know spring training numbers are just that. But when you're looking at how this, this camp has risen to expectations in what has been a very competitive spring, I think from the Cardinals front office side and the coaching staff side, you could not be more pleased. Katie, I need to ask you about your guy, Jake Woodford, because last year you were the president of his fan club and he's done nothing this spring to disappoint. In fact, he's added some more swing and miss stuff to his game uh, so far in spring training. Now they're going with him uh, later this week to start the game on Tuesday. So tomorrow, instead of Dakota Hudson, Hudson's going to be out on the backfields instead. Is Woody trying to make his way into the opening day roster here? Do you think that's going to happen for him this time? You know, the bullpen is so, so difficult to to kind of map out. I tried to do my own roster projection the other day, and I had to give up because there was just too, there's too many moving parts and too many people that have not come out and solidified their roles yet. Jake Woodford is one of those guys that's just had a fantastic spring. They've done exactly what – he's done exactly what they've asked him to do. Uh, the slider looks good with a vertical drop. There's more velo on the fastball. He hits more swing and miss. He's been hitting locations. I would hope for Jake's case that he is not one of those victims of options because the Cardinals have an ample amount of arms and some of them have those contractual obligations. But we've seen cases where that wasn't the case before, like Andre Pallante last year who made the roster and a couple of guys that had op- who did not have options did not make the roster. So if Ali Marmel is basing his decisions on competition, I think Jake Woodford makes the club, assuming his next start backs up what we've seen from him early in the spring. It's, again, a good problem to have, guys, because you look at the Cardinals rotation, you look at the five projected starters, everyone's kind of going along at a good pace. You have some considerable depth in Woodford. You'd like to see a little bit more from Hudson. But there's options here. And for the last two or three springs, there have not been options. Final question. We'll get you out of here on this one, Katie. Guillermo Zuniga. What do I need to know about this gentleman who throws 102 miles per hour and is apparently a member of the Cardinals roster? Yeah, you know, I was getting some questions about Zuniga in the offseason, and I just chalked it up to, you know, let's see what he has during the spring. Didn't really see much from during the spring. Definitely saw him take the mound for Columbia against Mexico due to flashing at triple velo. He has a 90-mile-per-hour slider. He is nasty. Um, That's someone that the Cardinals perhaps is what I'm talking about with the bullpen guys. They have a bunch of underrated guys that aren't even really on, on fan base's radar because there's so many good arms in camp as well. I'll throw Andy Suarez into that list as well. They've really been impressed with his stuff in the left side. So, again, a good problem to have. I think there's been a lot of, of commotion about how the Cardinals didn't really address the bullpen this offseason, but they did in incremental ways that the Cardinals seem to do very well, um, or at least often. And for the, for the first time in a while, it looks like that, that, that decision is paying off. So right. we will see, but certainly someone to keep an eye out on. All right, Katie, I'm going to give you another chance for another hot take from the bathroom before we wrap up. Do you want to put Guillermo Zuniga in the BK and Ferrario circle of trust? Oh, early. Oh, 
Oh, I don't know. This is this is a big honor. Who was the last person to make the Circle of Trust? Well, we don't like God. to talk about that because all of them probably were kicked out of the Circle of Trust after last season. Ooh. I mean, Stratton at some point, I think. Str- got well, that's because T-Bone just throws everybody into the Circle that's of fair. Trust. I think it was Helsley. It was Gallegos. I want to say Zach Thompson was in I there. I think Thompson was in by the end, yeah. I like that. I like that group. Um, not yet. I think you have to earn this trust, at least for me. You have See, to earn it. Respect Katie that. respects the circle of trust. Katie, that's why you're our insider from Katie, the bathroom. we appreciate the time as always. Go enjoy the rest of the baseball game. Get out of the bathroom. We'll talk with you again next week. <laughs> Watch there be a line when I come out. <laughs> I can't wait. Please you tell me there is. Tweet that out. You let us know what the scene was. And She's... walk out and say, sorry, guys, I had a burrito really early this morning. <laughs> Oh my gosh, thanks, guys. Katie, appreciate it as always. That's Katie Wu, Cardinals insider for The Athletic. Be sure to read her work over there. It is well worth the price of admission. You can also follow her on Twitter at Katie J. Wu.